today on It's Time. Always remember this. God is bigger than the circumstances of your life. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Philemon, so turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. I appeal to you for my son and listen. I believe probably as Philemon was maybe reading this letter, oh, how good I got a letter from Paul, our buddy. Oh, I'm so sorry that he's in prison, but oh, it's so good to hear him. And he's, you know, telling him how uh, everybody's blessed by him and the church that's in your hall. And he's going, yeah, man. And then the word Onesimus was said. And I don't know about you, but there are certain times in my life where somebody, I could be having the greatest day in the world and somebody will mention somebody's name that has been maybe very mean, very cruel, and your whole countenance goes, and I believe this is probably what could have happened in this particular case. That everything was great. I'm a good guy. You're a good guy. We're all grooving together. Wow. And then the word Onesimus is mentioned. Oh, that runaway slave that ripped me off. Well, he says here, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I begotten in my chains. You know, a lot of times we think, well, you know, God, I'm going to do something for you when everything in my life is cruising really good. You know, when I get the new car, when I get the new house, hey, I can do something for you then, God. But notice Paul had great fruit in his life while he was in prison, while he was in chains. If you're a Christian, there will always be fruit in your life if you're truly following after Jesus, regardless of the circumstance. Again, a lot of times we think, well, you know, God, if I can get all my ducks in a row, man, then I can really have something to say about you. Do you know a lot of people see what God has done in your life in spite of yourself, and they go, well, if God fixed that guy, he can fix me. That's your testimony. God's developing all of our testimonies. And what God has done for others, he'll do for you. So he says, I have begotten him while in my chains, who was once unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. Now he's playing a little bit on his name because the name Onesimus means profitable. So he's playing on his name a little bit here. Yeah, I know the profitable one wasn't very profitable once to you, but now he's profitable to you and to me. Now we're going to find out why Paul says this concerning the profitability to him. Because he says... I'm sending him back to you. Therefore, receive him. That is my own heart or my own bowels again. There you find it. And you find here that really Paul's reputation is on the line. 
you find Paul is being an intercessor. Not a gospel. Well, you know, that Anisimus, what a rotten bum he was. Doesn't matter what he was. It's what you are now in Christ. And so he says to him, who was once unprofitable, now is profitable to you. I'm sending him therefore back to you. You would receive my own heart. You receive him the way you would receive me. He is being an intercessor. Where did he learn that from? He learned it from Jesus. Because God redeemed us. We were all once unprofitable to the Father. But through Jesus Christ, now we are profitable to the Father. Whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me on my chains for the gospel. Now, this is an interesting statement here, but we have to remember what Roman prisons were like. Roman prisons in those days didn't have color TV and weight rooms and libraries and all those kinds of things. When you went to prison, you generally were locked in a box. You stayed in the box. Depending on what level of criminal you were, you could be chained even to a Roman guard, which evidently Paul was at certain times. And unless somebody brought you something, you didn't have anything. If you didn't have somebody on the outside that would bring you food, you starved to death. If you didn't have somebody on the outside that would bring you clothes to keep you warm at night, you would freeze to death. And so he's saying, Onesimus has become this person to me that has been waiting on me and helping me. Now I'm sending him back to you that he's going to be a blessing to you. But without your consent... I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. Now, this is important because our attitude, or maybe I should say the heart reflects our attitude. If we're doing something because we have to, or we're doing something because I want to, well, it doesn't line up. If we have to do something, okay, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. Do you realize that is shown all over your face and by who you are? It, it, it demonstrates that, that really uh, uh, um, your eyes say yes, 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 but your actions say no, no. They say that only 90% of what you say is actually what you say. The rest, uh, 10% is what you say. The rest is in verbal attitude and body language. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, well, look, he's really sorry. No. Okay, I'll do it. Does that mean you want to do it? See, and so that's what he's saying. I want you to have the right heart in doing it so that your facial, your actions will reflect that. Now, this is interesting. Verse 15 is something, if you don't get anything else out of this this morning, get this. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, and that means to come out, to get saved, that you might receive him forever. I like that. See, Paul is saying, God works in mysterious ways. And perhaps he ran away so he would deliberately cause paths with me, so he would become born again, so I could then send him back to you. And now instead of just return, a returned slave, now you have a brother forever. Wow. That's God's economics, friends. That's the way God works. 
no longer is a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But now how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Wow. At some point, Onesimus had to confess what he did to Paul. Eh, well, I'm really a runaway slave. I ripped off my master. Well, who was that? Well, was, you probably don't know him, a guy named Philemon. Philemon, I led him to the Lord. Really? Just like you led me to the Lord? Yeah. Divine providence, friends. Your steps are much more divinely ordained by God than I believe we ever dream. And sometimes in our lives we'll see the fingerprints of God in that situation. Sometimes we don't, but I never, I, nevertheless I believe it is still just as divinely uh, um, ordained. But sometimes we'll see that. I shared the story several times about a washing machine that I had and the center part twisted off and I needed to get it welded and I was miserable. I was pulling this thing out and actually it was a brand new washing machine. I just finally got around to putting it in, but it was out of warranty. Isn't that weird how that works? You know, it used to be years ago, bunny trail here for everyone, a warranty would just make sure there was no manufacturer's defects. Now the warranty tells you how long it's going to last. Just a little caveat there for you. This thing twists off, and I was miserable. I had to tear it all apart. I had it all strewn out all over the, the, the washroom floor, and I pulled it out, and I took it down to this place because I didn't have a welder then, and this guy welded it up for me, and while he's welding it, he asked me who I was and what I did, and he said, I've got terrible problems at home. And then I realized as he began to share what was going on in his life, that if it hadn't have been for that twisted off tube, and it hadn't been for me taking it to him to get it welded, I would not be talking to him. And I think about this particular thing. Perhaps he departed for a while. Perhaps this issue that is irritating in your life, God is using it in a much greater way than you ever dream. Always remember this. God is bigger than the circumstances of your life. I like that. I cannot say that if you're not born again. In fact, I often wonder if the circumstances that are in your life are destroying you. I see people go down to the gambling joints and they hit a jackpot and they're going, yeah, baby, I'm going to go back next week with my paycheck and do it again. <clears throat> Wrong answer. You don't win anything. I think sometimes the circumstances in a person's life in the world works against them. But as a child of God, you are God's property. When you sign the title deed of your life over to God, like you would a, a title deed of a house or the pink slip of your car, you say, okay, this is me, God. I'm signing my life over to you. Here, take me for what's ever left. God says, now we can do something. Now, everything that's going on in your life is divinely orchestrated. But it doesn't look that way. In fact, it looks miserable. Paul's in prison. And yet, he's ministering to people there. And as he ministers to people there, his life and those that he led to Christ affect other people. And now, not just Onesimus, but now Philemon, the slave's owner, is now being ministered to by the power and the forgiveness of God, the restoration of God. That's what God does. So he says, no longer is a slave, 
but now as a brother. How important it is that, again, we realize that God's bigger than the things that we do wrong. Verse 17. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. Again, this is true, genuine, being a one that brings healing. You receive him like you would receive me. I'm putting my reputation on the line that this guy's really born again, that he's really changed, and now you receive him the way you would receive me. But if he's wronged you in any way or owes you anything, put it on my visa bill. That's basically what he's saying. If he owes you anything, you put it on my account. But then he goes on and he says, I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. A lot of times he would use a translator, but he says, I'm writing this with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention that you owe me even your own self besides. Remember, Paul says to Philemon, I led you to Christ. And if it hadn't been for God in using me in your life, you'd be on your way to hell. So you receive Onesimus the same way you would receive me. Boy, I'll tell you, friends, that is intercession. Don't you look for that in your own life? Don't you realize sometimes, hey, we need an intercessor. I need somebody that's going to be the go-between person between that which was wrong and that which is right. And I guarantee you, you as a Christian, you're going to be that person. And God will use weird circumstances to get you there. (laughs) That's the way God works. Again, for perhaps he departed for a while. You don't know what God's ultimate plan is, how God works. So what God wants you to do then is simply say, okay, God, my life is yours. This looks like a train wreck. But I know that you make beauty for ashes. You take a train wreck and build a brand new Corvette. That's God. That's how he works. So he says, yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I I ask or more than I say. Generosity, by the way, friends, is part of repentance. Generosity. Being good. Why is that? Realizing that we know the source of all things. If you don't know the source of all things, you tend to be stingy. But if you know the source of all things, that God pours through you into other people, that's the way God works. So he says to him, having confidence, I know you're going to do even more than I ask. I like that. That's good. But meanwhile, prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. Now, again, I I like this because... uh, he always had hope that God was going to do something new in his life. Well, I guess I'm in prison. I guess I'm here forever. Nothing's ever going to change. Nope, that ain't the way God works. We have a God that changes every circumstance. And he goes on and he says, Ephraim, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greet you. Now, it may very well be that Ephraim 
may have known who Onesimus was. Maybe even part in use of him coming to Christ. But it says, Ephraim, my fellow prisoner. Now, the word here for prisoner in the original Greek means prisoner of war. So evidently, he was there with Paul. He recognized that he was a prisoner of war because, again, we battle not against what we see, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. He recognized that Ephraim was there with him in this battle. He says, greet you. As does Mark and Archistarchus, Demas, who we uh, read about. Paul uh, talked to quite a bit about Demas in uh, first, uh, first Timothy. Very close, dear soldier of the Lord. But yet, Second Timothy has some pretty bad things to say about Demas. The Bible says, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. What a tragedy. Here's somebody that was so effectual in the gospel, but because he loved the world, he departed from the faith. And it's a troubling thing that Paul writes there in 2 Timothy. Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, and my fellow laborers. He had friends, friends that share in the same heart, same desire to see thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God put friends in his life. You need friends in your life too that share the same vision of what you're doing. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You look at this and you realize that um, Paul's heart towards them, God's heart towards them, was God's grace. This morning I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a recipient of God's grace? Are you a recipient of God's goodness? Second question, do you recognize the grace of God in your life? Do you recognize that God has been good to you? You see, if we're not thankful for what we have, we won't be thankful for what we get. If we don't recognize that God's grace has been in my life, well, God, I focus so much on what I don't have, I forget about what I do have. That's what grace and the problem of not having grace in your life. You you see, God's grace is always there if you're a Christian. My question today is, do you recognize it? Again, so often we'll focus on what everybody else has and what I don't have. Not recognizing what you do have. If you're in sin, if you're in some rebellion to God, where God is not being your provider, get out of it. Well, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet if I don't continue stealing from the company. Well, then you know what? Go broke for Jesus. Because that's what God said. We don't want to say, well, behold, I stand at the door and pick the lock. We want to just say, okay, God, do what you want to do. You can be about your daddy's business. For you as a Christian, realize your footsteps are divinely ordered. And sometimes those awkward moments are the very things, as Paul said, for perhaps he departed for a while that you would have a brother forever. I I believe that, friends. Nothing happens to a Christian by accident. If you're not a Christian this morning, I believe you've got some real important decisions to make. First, who's running your life? I'm running my life. You ain't got a clue what you're doing. Do you know why? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. 
There is no way you can prepare today for what's going to happen to you tomorrow. You say, well, I certainly can. That's why I'm going to college. I, I got my degrees on the wall. Yeah, and you're one car wreck away from that, all meaning nothing. See, we, we have our ideas of how it's going to go, but the fact is real life is much different than that. This morning, I just invite you to consider Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, the one that will show you where you need to go, how you need to get there. And thank God that I don't always know where I'm going, but I know he's driving. The Bible says what blocks that relationship with you and God is sin. That rebellion against God, doing it my way. But it doesn't satisfy us. And so we repent of that. We say, okay, God, from this day forward, turn my life over to you. All my self-righteousness is filthy rags. From now on, I want you to make me righteous. And you know what the Bible says? He will. He will. He'll take away your sin, restore the communications to your dad in heaven that loves you, and then daddy in heaven will begin to arrange the things in your life so you'll have a reward, not only in this life, but in the life to come. We don't want another 10 years like we just had if you're not a Christian. Get out of that. And let God run your life this morning. We're going to pray. And if you haven't received Christ as your Savior, you can pray. And invite him into your life. And tell him you're sorry for your sins. And accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. And then, the Bible says we pass from death unto life. We're now alive in him. And the circumstances that happen to you now are divinely ordered by God. You know, I found that sometimes... God gets my attention through times of scarcity or lack in my life. Things aren't going well in my life. I'm a Christian. That causes me to cry out to God to get my purpose realigned with his purpose. It's okay. Well, God, you know, where are you? Man, I thought you loved me. God does. He loves me so much. He's not going to let me continue down the wrong path. He's not going to let you. But if you don't have a heavenly father... Who's your daddy? If you don't have a daddy that loves you, you're going to go down the wrong path farther and farther and farther and farther until you go into eternity not knowing about this God that loved you so much. And spending your life in punishment for the decisions that we made when we even knew when we were making them as a worldly person, they were wrong. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Before you came to Christ, don't you realize, you know, you know, there's a little voice inside you, you shouldn't be doing this. As you got the gun and you got robbing the store, you know, there's a, you shouldn't be here, you know. Well, that's right. But God will give you the strength to not do those things. Why? Because God supplies what we need. Let God be God of your life today. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. From this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. He took my place. And so now I commit my life into your hands. Thank you for eternal life. And Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Run my life now. 
I love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.